late summer of 1865 was to disprove these claims and show that the Overland was still the top stage company of the country. So, speed and efficiency were what counted, and Ben Holiday had announced that the run would cut six or seven days, days off the present schedule come rain, heat, or high water, mm. or Indians. Okay. Uh, so the Overland's best stages and horses had been put in ready. They uh, were going to run from San Francisco to Atchison, Kansas. And this was over some of the worst, most hazardous stretch of deserts and mountains to be found anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Indians, hostile Indians, they're out there waiting for anything that moved, whether it be on wheels or on two or four legs. And, of course, then keep in mind desert storms, heat, washed-out roads, mountains, uh, all these obstacles, but it didn't make any difference to the government. Uh, they wanted to have the best people running this running this deal. So, so here's the deal: the run was to be made in relays. The first stage leaving Oakland to go as far as Placerville, then a change of teams and drivers, and it or another uh, Concord wagon in its place would go on. But for Holiday, this was to be a long and continuous trip, uh, changing from stage to stage as the run continued. He was not one to leave a job to somebody else in case they messed it up. And he was going to see that the mail got through, and he was he was going to be there to do it. Okay. So picture in your mind, here's this guy. He's kind of dressed apart, wool pla- uh, pants, flannel shirt, polished boots, wide-brimmed black hat, uh, big watch chain of gold nuggets. He had a jewel-studded belt around his wa- waist uh, where he kept a good old heavy Colt revolver. So at the crack of the driver's whip, the four fine horses took off, and the greatest transcontinental stagecoach crossing in history was underway. Now, the run to Folsom and Placerville up the Sacramento Valley was without incident, except that people noticed that uh, the stage was uh, kind of ahead of schedule. Well, quickly the teams were changed at Placerville, and Holiday chewed away uh, on a piece of meat and a hunk of bread, and, and this time he got up on the wagon with the driver and waved them on, and... So up through the narrow gorges and the hairpin turns in the high Sierras, here comes this big old Concord and uh, Holiday sitting right beside the driver yelling. Uh, he says, faster, darn it, faster. I'll bet he did. Uh, <laughs> those were the exact words that he used. Yes, sir, I, I thought you'd catch that. Uh, we'll leave it to the listener's imagination what he was really telling the driver. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so his eyes, eyes were always on the road ahead because this was a race to save the great transportation empire that he had built. And if he didn't win, it could fall apart. So he needed to retain that mail contract, and a fast run would pretty much, and the publicity, would pretty, pretty much do it. So with the war over, the newspapers across the country were kind of hungry for headlines and so if the Overland stage could lop off six or seven days, that would make headlines. So night and day, the Concord sped eastward, holiday sleeping, maybe an hour or two at a stretch, curled up inside. Uh, no passengers were taken on this because holiday didn't want to mess with anybody riding inside or having to worry about them stopping to go to the bathroom or stopping to get something to eat. So, <laughs> so the stagecoach, it rocked on over trails that in some places didn't even hardly resemble a road. And, you know, as Holiday was going, he had a little time to contemplate his past. Uh-huh. So, and so that's where we're going to go back to just for a minute uh, while he's riding along. Uh, when he was 17 years old, he had left his home in Kentucky and struck out for St. Louis. And here he met some of the great trappers and traders like Bill Sublett and some of those guys. 
and he signed on for a freighting trip to Santa Fe and through the Comanches, the heat, the dust, the thirst, and even illness that didn't discourage him. Uh, he liked it. He liked this uh, freighting thing, and uh, it took him 40 days to go down and back, but anyway, he made a trip home to see his family, and uh, at St. Louis, he got on a steamer and went up to Missouri to, just to see what he could see. You know, you can imagine, 17, 18, he just wanted to see the world. Totally. Sure. Mm-hmm. But what he saw he liked, and that was a little town called Weston, and I don't know if it's even still called that. It, it was kind of a rip-roaring new town on the banks of the river uh, across from Fort Leavenworth. So, and he just kind of felt like he would find his fortune here. So that's where he stopped. And at this time, there was trouble between the Missourians and the Mormons. And so Ben joined the state militia. But he didn't really like what he saw going on. And actually, his sympathy kind of went over to them. And he did some things that that actually helped them out. But eventually, he resigned from the militia. So freighting was his calling. I mean, Ben decided, and he quickly raised some money, uh, and organized a freight line, but he needed help. So he sent for his brothers and his parents, and they all came up there. So young Ben actually made history that first summer. Uh, his brothers were there, uh, and one thing or another, and he got out on an anvil, and he started making a wagon wheel, the metal part of it, mm-hmm. but he made it four inches wider than an ordinary wagon wheel. Now, I'm not sure how wide an ordinary wagon wheel is. I'm, I'm guessing three to four inches. Yeah, I was going to say possibly uh, four to five. I'm not sure the guy to ask would be good old Ray Bagby out there at Declo. He'd know. Yeah. So anyway, he's, he's going to add four more inches to this uh, wire or this metal uh, uh, wagon wheel. So anyway, a, a wagon that was fully equipped with wide tires, it kind of drew a- attention from the people around. And, of course, some of the old guys, they said, ah, you know, you'll never get horses to pull that thing with those wide tires. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, the queer-looking wagons uh, actually became uh, kind of a laughing stock. But when he took off and he cut off six days off the regular schedule, people began to take notice uh, because the wide tires held up the weight. It didn't sink down into the mud or the sand, and it rolled easier. I so see. This, uh, something he came up with. Anyway, uh, when this stage of life was developing, Ben's brother David discovered near Weston a spring of sparkling clear limestone water. So he decided to start a distillery. It became known as McCormick Distillery, which uh, makes, I guess, there's a world-famous McCormick whiskey. Oh, Uh, I wouldn't know. I mean, that's far (laughs) beyond my knowledge. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so they, so that came from uh, Ben's brothers. I see. Anyway, okay, so meanwhile, um, Russell Majors and Waddell had a freight in the stage line, but they kept running out of money. So they'd go to Ben Holiday and uh, ask him for money. And eventually they borrowed too much, and Ben Holiday closed them out, and he gained possession of hundreds of Conestoga freight wagons, Concord stages, horses, and equipment. So Holiday now owned some 6,000 horses, 200 Concords, uh, to maintain a mail and passenger service of more than 3,000 miles of trails and roads. So this is where he really got his, his kickstart for the, for, the, for the Overland. So anyway, if the, if the run from San Francisco to Kansas was made successfully, he would be able to maintain uh, the supremacy, if you want to call it, in the field of stage coaching. Mm-hmm. So here he is, most of the time he's up on the box uh, uh, encouraging the driver, 
uh, with uh, colorful language. Uh, but frequently, he'd actually take the lines himself. So here we go. We're going, like I said, went through Placerville. Now they get to Salt Lake. They go down through Echo Canyon and into Fort Bridger. And now things are they're starting to be noticed by the newspapers. Mm-hmm. And so a few headlines are coming out. So, But leaving Fort Bridger, they were in Indian country. And Ben Holliday scarcely left the box now. He was sitting with a rifle across his knees and... Because at this point, an Indian raid would certainly ruin what he was trying to accomplish. I would think so. Yeah. Okay, so here they come. They're coming into a relay station, and they find it burned out in ruins. Nothing was left. No horses. uh, No teams. Three attendants lay dead, uh, scalped. So uh, they kept going. I mean, what else could they do? So they get to the next station, sure enough, wrecked, burned out, black, two attendants lay dead, uh, their bodies full of arrows. So now we're moving on, same team of horses. So How many miles time, was that? Pardon? How many miles between stage stops did they go? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I know there's, a, you know, the stage stop up in, uh, up by the City of Rocks, and the next one I think was over by Oakley. Okay. So I'm going to say, what, maybe 15 miles? 15, 20 miles? I see. Yeah, okay. I, that's, All right. I'm just going to guess All right. 15 to 20. So by this time, uh, you know, Ben had been going without sleep and pushing these horses. Finally, one horse finally just dropped in his tracks, and another uh, horse dropped dead from a heart attack. So they only had two horses left. But they pushed him on, and uh, then they, then they uh, lost a wheel, the stage tipped on his side. Luckily, they were able to get it back up. They had a spare wheel. Anyway, they did get to the next station, and with fresh horses and a new Concord, uh, they finally hit Green River. Now, beyond uh, Green River, uh, as they got going, pretty soon they rolled into a lightning, thunderstorm, and almost total darkness. They had to just kind of lay over till they could see. They Do you have see. any good news about this trip? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay, so rain coming down in sheets. I mean, uh, some of the crossings were almost impossible to, to get through. So, like I said, they kind of had to wait. But they were still ahead of schedule. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So finally they were off again. They went through, and some of these places you might recognize, uh, Saltwell, Sulphur Springs, Medicine Bow, Big Laramie. And near Big Laramie, they hit a a huge dust storm that slowed them down to a walk. And I've heard stories from truck drivers about uh, some of those places across Wyoming that absolutely are terrible Mm -hmm. dust storms. So, well, anyway, they finally rolled into Denver. And uh, now good old Ben, he hadn't had a change of clothes or bath since leaving California, but uh, they knew he was you know, coming he five drive. miles before he got there. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know, of course, the drivers probably didn't smell any better. Yeah, so, really, you know. But anyway, they got into Denver. The reporters flocked around uh, Holiday, and but he didn't have much time for interviews. Uh, he just, 
you know, some of them said, asked him, well, how many hours have you cut off? And he kind of said, uh, not necessarily hours, we're talking days. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so they're in Denver, horses were changed, and off they went across Colorado to Julesburg and onto the plains of Nebraska. Now, at one point, uh, a band of Sioux Indians broke out of a wash and came charging after the stage. Now, this comes right out of TV and movies. Holiday grabbed a rifle and lay on top of the stage, shooting away at the Indians, galloping along after the stage. And in a cloud of dust, it kind of concealed them from view, and the strong horses that were pulling the stage were faster than the Indian ponies. Really? And pretty soon they outdistanced them and got away. So, anyway, at last, here comes here they come into Atchison, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And old Holiday, uh, you know, he was must have been kind of a showman because he told the driver, he said, lay on the whip and come in at a dead run. So Holiday uh, instructed the driver, he says, make it look good. And it did. Now, if you picture in your mind, this stage was drawn by six black, beautiful horses, matched, and they came in just lathered and puffing, and here was a huge crowd gathered to greet them, and... Uh, anyway, as the crowd drew up, in, or as the Concord drew up in front of the stage office, Holiday stood up on top, fired his rifle, and announced to everyone, he said, we did this in 12 days and two hours. Wow. So, you know, and that may not sound like much to us now, but uh, anyway, it was actually five days better than any other vehicle had ever crossed over those same roads, mountains, and deserts. Mm, wow. So 12 days and uh, two hours. But it had cost him quite a bit. It cost him $25,000, broken up stages, dead horses. Uh, but it was then, and still is, the fastest time ever made over that route by any horse-drawn vehicle. Wow. Have you ever been on a stagecoach? You know, I have, but uh, I can't say. I, I've never, you know, just in museums, I've never actually ridden. Oh, well, let me tell you something, my dear friend. Um, I have, and I think I've talked to you about it. I've been on uh, the Benny Binion stagecoach that used to tour all over the United States and go to the national finals and go to the world quarter horse finals, etc. And I had a chance uh, about nine, ten years ago to come into the Coliseum at Oklahoma City on a dead run with six matched black horses pulling the Benny Binion stage at a full-out gallop and then have the driver... Scott, turn that stagecoach at the bottom end of the arena, go on two wheels, and make figure eights in the arena. And yours truly had a laundry bill of about $1,000. <laughs> you know, just just to see that, to watch uh, six beautifully matched horses uh, in perfect rhythm, you know, and obviously a driver that knew what he was doing. Oh, we would hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, wh- what a sight that would be. But, you know, Holiday actually cut off five days off this route, and he be- actually became an international figure overnight. I mean, mayors presented him keys to the cities. Uh, they had a-, a parade in New York City down Fifth Avenue, and mm-hmm. he actually tossed gold coins into the crowd. Uh, and obviously at this point, Congress had only one choice. They had to award the Overland uh, the mail contract for another year, because it was the fastest. You know, and the thing is, learning how to ride on one of those things. Anybody that's ever been on a stagecoach that's going at a uh, fairly good clip, uh, I was on top. 
I was riding shotgun, if you will, next to the driver. And it was all I could do to hang on. I'm being serious. That's how bad it was. It was just every ounce of strength to hang on. The driver uses the footboard and also the reins to help balance. Boy, you're up there at shotgun. I don't, I'm surprised a lot more people haven't bit the dust falling off the stage. Well, you know, I can only imagine two. And you were in a, an arena. Yeah. You know? yeah. Imagine going across rocks and tricks and, and up mountain passes and all the things they did. Well, yeah, but, you know, the thing is, the swaying of the stagecoach, uh, you know, the back-and-forth motion of the stage on the springs, et cetera, and, uh-huh. and then you take, and, and uh, they were putting on a show, we were up on that stagecoach, and I've got a video, and I've also got pictures right here on my wall behind me depicting what happened, and you can imagine with the sway and the powerful six horses going at a full gallop and then turning that outfit, and it goes on two wheels, and after the whole thing was over, I said to Scott, I said, how many times have you ever tipped that over? And he goes, oh, well, a couple of times, once at San Antonio and another time over at Denver, and I turned the white sheet routine, man. I tell you what, I was as white as a ghost. <laughs> well, it, it was an exciting time in our history, you know. I, I, I can imagine just even watching them go past your farm or your ranch, you know, years and years ago. But, yeah. you know, Holiday actually, he kept that contract for several years, and he eventually sold it. And when he was 68, he died in Portland and buried up there. But those Concord uh, wagons with, the, you know, with the, uh, it says Overland Mail and Express Company, they can still be found, I guess, in a few places. And yeah. they were well built. And uh, some of the wagons I've seen in various museums, like, let's see, where was I? I think it was, oh, uh, Deadwood. Uh, South Dakota. There was a museum there that had wagons, uh-huh. and I, I think I, there was one of those in there. But if you see one now, they're you know worth a lot of money, and uh, you know, the, and now they're you know well kept and you know clean and shiny and really uh, beautiful looking wagon what we ought to do is um, I'll try to set this up if it's alright with you one day and maybe the next week or so during your segment I'll have Ray Bagby call and we can learn more about those Concord stages and uh, he makes and restores those old stagecoaches uh-huh. And what we'll do is we'll have him on the air and we'll kind of talk for a few minutes about uh, this run uh, against time with the stagecoach. And he can tell you, too, how doggone hard they are to ride up on top and how uncomfortable they are to try to stay in the middle of those inside. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you'd have people on the inside, and sometimes you'd have passengers on the top with all the luggage yep. in the back. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. But, you wonder if they're a little top-heavy sometimes. Well, we will find out, and that was an excellent story this morning, and I'll try to follow up on that a little bit and have maybe Ray call in next week, and while we're on the segment, we'll just give about five minutes and find out about it. Hey, Dr. History, yes, go ahead. I was going to say, it's too bad we don't have the same roads and things at this point to do a redo of that run. Yeah, but would you want to? I don't think I'd want to take that run on top of a stagecoach, my friend. That's probably true. It's just that, you know, there's been reenactments of Pony Express and and uh, some of the Oregon Trail stuff, but it would be fun to see a reenactment of that. Yeah, but I'll tell you something. In your case, it'd be the best thing ever made because everybody would be looking for a good chiropractor. <laughs> I think they'd be beyond my help. They might be lo- looking for the funeral home. Dr. Ken Turner, better known as Dr. History. God bless you. i got to run. Thanks so much. All Have right. a great day. You have a good day. Thank you. Great program. Great program.